So I was going to the doctor the other day, right? You know, my back was hurting big time. I, I said, Doc, you got to you got something for me. He's like, well, let me take a look at it, right? Gets in there. You know, he starts pounding on stuff on my back, trying to loosen me up. Next thing I know, it feels like he's pulling something out of me. And I turn around, and he's holding this giant W. <laughs> Dr. Dubs in the house. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Come on down. Have some fun with us because it's DNVR way after dark for this one. Uh, I th- I believe the official game time was 10 hours and 37 minutes from start to finish. Uh, Avs win 3-2, by the way. So it was a hockey game. I got to tell you, uh, last time I saw Dr. Tubbs, I also had a back injury, and he told me that it was from carrying this podcast. Woo! You're going to do me like that, huh? It's going to be a feisty show. Do we want to start at the second period, or should we recap the first? We did an entire show dedicated to the first period. Go watch the other show after this, the like 30 minutes of us dunking on the NHL for not being able to know what the sun is. <laughs> yeah. Also, I love that we talked about like lineup changes and yeah. Hey, is this like, oh, I really like how they're changing things up. And then they were like, nah. Right back. Right on back to what works. Yeah, there was, uh, start of the second period, three-headed monsters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they made it work, so. You know, no complaints as far as that is concerned. Um, the first thing I want to do, and I hate that we have to do this after every, like, third hockey game these days, but what in the world are the rules of NHL hockey? <laughs> but actually. <laughs> but actually. I was, so, the... Uh, eight or eight ish hour break that we got today yeah. <laughs> allowed me to watch a bunch of other games. <laughs> and I was sitting, I was so I was, and I was watching um, the Islanders Pens game, which, by the way, I know the score was what it was, but it was actually a great game. And I'm watching it and I'm just like, I don't know what cross checking is anymore. And I went back and I watched the first period again. And Ryan Reeves cross-checking Tyson Jost in the back. Yeah. Just, you know, just just skates away and is like, <laughs> okay. And I was just like, I don't understand what cross-checking is anymore. I just don't. Between, between that and interference, because it feels like so many of the net front battles – are just two dudes duking it out for space. Like, it's like phone booth boxing. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like, is this not interference when a guy just takes some dude down and is like, I have won this patch of ice. And it's like, dude, dude isn't that like, is that illegal? The puck is nowhere near either of you. So, I, the frustrate like, frustrating in that it feels like we don't know what the rules are. <laughs> and for people who watch watch like watch the game as if this were our religion <laughs> how is that the case how have you gotten so out of out of control with your rule interpretations that the people who watch it for a living can't, can't agree on anything it. yeah i mean you had a you had a goaltender interference challenge in edmonton calgary tonight where Mac and Chuck is just like pushing the pad in, but there might have been contact with the defender, and they were just like, "Nah, it's a good goal." And then in this game, you have a goal taken off the board for a goaltender interference, where the goalie is not in contact with the crease, and Jonas Donskoy has his back to the has his back to the crease and is just skating through ice, in which he is allowed to skate. Yeah, it, and Flurry aggressively comes out and plays the puck with his stick, gets run over, and is like, and is like, Meh. if a player steps into another player's lane like that, 
it could be an interference call on the defending player. Like, I know Donsko was trying to chase down a puck, but it's just... And, and then, like, they flip it around on the other end, and the exact same play happens on against the Avs, essentially. And it's like, all yeah. right, well, at least they called it the same way. Two, two main differences. Um, Sam Gerrard made clear contact with Alex Tuck. Now, Sam Gerrard can fit inside of a thimble. So that guy pushing somebody around is not going to force a whole lot of contact. <laughs> but I can at least see where there was an argument of a defender made a defender made a move on the on the offensive player first. And then Grubauer is also in his crease. Yeah. Certainly more than Flurry was. Oh yeah, well, well, Flurry wasn't wasn't any. He just wasn't in the crease. Yeah, in which he initiated it comes out, and it's just like, ah. and that they that they viewed those equally. I'm just like, dude, and like, it, like come on, and the play just continued to go off the rails from there too. Uh, there was a ten minute stretch in the second period where I, everyone was just like, what is happening in this <laughs> hockey game? They call Andre Burkowski for a high stick, and everybody's like, okay, whatever. They cut to a replay of immediately. Brandon Saad getting high stick. Brandon Saad gets high sticked in the face. Nobody on the broadcast says anything. <laughs> and then the play continues, and Burkowski absolutely commits the infraction. He high sticks the man in the face. And then there's like an awkward silence, and I don't remember which one of them said it, but was like, you know, they probably could have called that high stick on Brandon Saad, too. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, no shit! <laughs> like, it's a, it was a high stick on both guys. What the hell are we doing here? Like, I and I was shocked when they evened up the Tyson yeah, Jones call. I thought for sure they weren't going to call the cross check. The blatant, and, like, lower back just... <laughs> yeah. Where he's going for it. Like, he's, like, and I'm like, okay, well, that's a, Ryan Reeves did the same thing earlier. Do we just not call penalties on Ryan Reeves because he's huge? And we just assume that whenever he comes into contact with another human, they fold like the French? Like, is that just a natural assumption? We didn't even talk about the Landeskog elbow to the head. (laughs) Elbow to Landeskog's head, that is. Which, Uh, by the way, um, player safety Needs to remove Will Carrier from at least a game. Yep. Especially because he he elbowed somebody else uh, up high later on, too. Yeah, like and it's five like, minutes later. It's like, okay, like, Will Carrier, you're a really good player. I praised you on our last podcast, or our last post-game podcast. You don't need to be doing that. You are not in the NBA. You are not fighting for rebounds. If you don't put your elbows down... Somebody is going to force feed it to you. Like, it's going to happen. And at that point, he will have earned that shit. It's probably going to be Matt Calvert. (laughs) Matt Calvert's going to force feed him that pink visor. Thank you for all the super chats, by the way. There have been plenty of them. We appreciate all of y'all. I do want to get to our king of the game. But first, I mean, I think there's only one thing that needs to be said about the king of the game in this one. It goes a little something like this. Oh, boy. That's it. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Nathan McKinnon, obviously the king of the game. One goal, two assists. All three Avs goals involved in... The the one that you just saw there of Petrangelo knowing he was about to get absolutely dunked on. Yeah, and McKinnon gets up to speed <laughs> in the neutral zone, and Alex Petrangelo like that is the verbal equivalent of pooping oneself. <laughs> he saw that he saw him pick up the puck in his own zone, and he was just like, "Oh man, should have worn the brown pants." <laughs> Here's the rest of the place. It's a play of this. He doesn't even react to the goal. He's just like, yep, saw that coming. Like, by the way, that's Alex Petrangelo? <laughs> that McKinnon, Pretty okay at hockey, yeah. If, if we, I don't think we have it, uh, but the, the reverse angle where they have the camera on the ice level we from can, behind the goal. We can get it. <laughs> um, 
if you watch what McKinnon does with his hands, because sometimes we accuse him of over stick handling, but if you watch what he does when he's deking with that puck, it's enormous in how Petrangelo defends him because you're taught as a defender that you want to put you want to you want to put stick on stick. You want to get that thing out there. And when it became obvious that he was not looking to pass it, uh, when when McKinnon deeks to the inside a little bit, it keeps Petrangelo's stick on the inside of his body. It keeps him, it keeps him from moving it. Yeah, this will this will work. Watch, see, right the, there was a little deke, there was a little deke to the inside that he that he makes, and it freezes Petrangelo for an extra second. And it keeps his stick from getting all the way out there. This is the best you're gonna get, yeah. This is this is fine. Watch, he'll make one little he'll make one little deke to the inside. It keeps Petrangelo's stick from coming. There you go. Yep. It keeps his stick on the inside of his body, and it, it just freezes him for half a second. And then Petrangelo cannot get his stick to the outside of his body where the shooting lane is. Right there, that last little deke where he brings it to the outside. That that is huge. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Thank you for the next super chat. Very much appreciated. Uh, people are mad about your Tebow comparison. What? I don't know. Someone compared Nathan McKinnon to Tim Tebow. But okay. anyway, moving on. You. This was a weird. This was weird, right? Because the Avs started the second period up one nothing, like it was a fresh game. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely uh, it was definitely interesting, man. Um, the they got the they got the tie game on just a nice play. Yep. Like that was it. It was just a nice play. No, uh, no good rebound. Good rebound. They had uh, they outnumbered and outworked Colorado in uh, in the home plate area. Got the rebound, put it home. What do you say? The only thing the only thing that you get mad about in that situation is the fact that. The Will Carrier elbow on Landis Cog happened in the, sh- the, the, the shift, shift before. immediately yeah. preceding it. <laughs> That's frustrating, man. That's frustrating. Look, and then and then like the the endless verbal praise of the of the dirty hit. Yep. Where it's like, <laughs> if this gets called, this isn't a momentum changing hit. I don't see it as a momentum changing hit. Just because a referee is incompetent and then the next line full of actual good hockey players did a good thing. <laughs> it just, just this this is this is zero plus one equals two. <laughs> it it's certainly frustrating when things like that happen. And particularly in this situation, right? Because up till that point, the first like seven minutes of the second period, the Avs just dominated. Vegas had one shot on goal in that stretch. The Evs were out shooting them by like a million at that point. So yeah. it was not close. Yeah. Is this game different if the game started with good ice at like 8 p.m.? I mean, yeah. mechanically, of course it's different. Colorado, if uh, assume that the game relatively gets played the same way, Colorado has their five on three with and ice that doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah. Colorado isn't spending their entire five on three trudging afraid to make a play yeah (laughs) afraid to skate anywhere afraid to make anything more than the most basic of passes colorado doesn't play that way they play they play more look what happened when the ice got better because the abs tried to come out and play with their normal speed in the first period they got slowed down yep and it changed who they were and then when the the ice was good in the evening they even 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 the broadcast was talking about it at the end of the game. Colorado's on a different level. They're speed wise, skating wise. That's their big advantage, and it should be. It's what they've invested in. They've invested a ton in being able to skate teams to death, and this is why. Because it just, I mean, whew. we will get to these next super chats in just a second. We do have to take our first period break. This late at night. We're sponsored by Strava Craft Coffee. If you need to keep yourself going a little bit, the CBD infused coffee that has really changed lives. Use code DNVR20 to get 20% off or get cold brew down at the DNVR bar as well. So 
Check it out today. Use it for when the NHL decides to delay hockey games from noon to 10 p.m. Works pretty well for that. <laughs> Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Be sure to like and subscribe to the video. That helps us out a ton on YouTube. There's a lot of you out here partying with us tonight, DNVR after dark. So I know some of you aren't subscribed. Help us out a little bit. Just click a button for us. Not too hard. Um, Bruno, we have somebody that wants to talk about the Macar, the blue line. Can you can you pull up a certain tweet that you fired off? Yeah, I can pull up a clip, I guess. <laughs> pull it up here. <laughs> so, you guys, I don't know if you know this, but uh, there's this website out there that you can use. You know, sometimes it costs you a little bit of money, but DNVR after dark warning. SMH. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one no one more time. Okay, all right, we'll go again. We'll go again. Max Pacioretty did not leave Montreal to be embarrassed like that. <laughs> that was uh that was dirty. An absolute roasting to say the least. Uh Philip Grubauer, I mean, he got the job done, right? It, he didn't really get tested very much in the first two periods of this hockey game. Uh, but look at the two goals that beat him. One of them is crazy rebound play where the abs don't box anybody out essentially. And the pucky never has a chance at, and the other one is a deflection off of his defenseman stick. So. Off of an outstanding yeah, move on Nazem Kadri. Full credit to Alex Tuck for murdering Nazem Kadri's entire family. But yeah, I love uh, all the people who want to trash Kadri for that. Like Kadri did not have a particularly good game, but come on, <laughs> the dude just got put on the end of a highlight reel. Like the other guy, the the other guys in the NHL too. He's also got great hands. P.S. He does this sometimes. And he just made Kadri look bad. Like, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, – when a dude makes a great play, a dude makes a great play. It's Yeah. You just tip your cap and move on. Yeah. Well, and then, and then like, Byram uh, – like, Byram did I, – I saw some people like, oh, Byram this. And like, Byram didn't have a good game either, but he makes the right play there. He cuts off the passing lane, realizes he's going for the shot, and gets his stick in. And I mean, sometimes the bounce doesn't go your way. Yeah. I mean, Graves um, play, Graves was pretty darn good tonight, dude. Yeah. Like, if you're looking at if you're looking at if you're looking at Ryan Graves and you're upset, man, go just go back and watch the five on three. Yeah. Because Nazem Kadri trying to bounce the puck off the back of Flurry and almost starting a breakaway for Pacioretty on the other end was significantly worse than what Ryan Graves did. <laughs> and and significantly worse. Also, Gabe Landeskog had an had a great chance to clear the puck yep. and threw it up the middle of the ice. Also did not get a clear out of that. Like mm. There were lots of guys that and you know what? That happened when you have six they have six guys on the ice, they've got four of them on the blue line trying to prevent pucks from coming out. That's life. It's hard to get pucks out sometimes. So that yeah, right. This was not the game to nitpick Ryan Graves. Yeah, not the game. This this was the Ryan Graves redemption tour. This was the see. I still got it, little sassy. I I think a lot of people just aren't expecting. They're expecting the Ryan Graves they saw last year with the unsustainable offensive numbers. And what they're getting this year is the Ryan Graves falling into a third-pairing penalty killer role where the work is going to mostly come for him on the defensive end, mm-hmm. exactly like it did tonight. Yeah. So we saw, we saw a little bit of the flash on the offense. I would prefer maybe that last shot attempt where he had, don't, don't try the wind-up. Um, just throw it on net, man, while you have a shooting lane because you're not going to be fast enough to be able to wind up and fire a puck with that guy bearing down on you. But that's a that's a super nitpick for me. So it, I, it's just a it's a reality of the Avs decor. When you look at what Graves brought offensively, mm-hmm. McCarr does that. Byram when he's feeling it, 
can do that as far as the penetrating deep in the zone. And then you have Devon Tays as the guy now who's the go-to man to shoot from the point. So it's, he's been somewhat replaced as far as the offensive production that we saw from him last year. It's just not necessary out of him anymore. It's not something the abs are asking him to do. Yeah, definitely. And if this is like this, the version that they're going to get of Ryan Graves, um, they're thrilled. This is what they paid for tonight. This is what they paid for. Definitely. So good stuff. Um, Not great stuff from a couple of guys. You know, JT Confer struggled again. Tyson Jost, I don't even know that Tyson Jost does anything on the other side, on the offensive side of the blue line or the red line anymore. Didn't see anything. Like, there's, like, he's so good in his own zone all of a sudden, and you're living with it, but you're like, dude, you can't have too many of these guys. And that's the problem, right? Similar to Nachushkin. He had one decent chance that he threw right into Flurry's pad, right? And that was about it offensively for him. Yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, a win's a win. It doesn't really matter whether the Avs shut it down or or however they got there. Uh, Devontae's being the man, getting the game-winning goal. I mean, do do give credit. Uh, Comfort was great on the five on three that they yep, had to kill. He him. was. He did a great him job. And Graves on... pretty much bailed him out of that thing. So yeah, like that was great. But other than that, uh, his five on five play yet again totally uninspired. Yep. So no, Timmons was out there. He was fine. I didn't have any issues with Connor Timmons. It, not super noticeable, but again, I didn't... not the worst thing in the world. I didn't notice. I just didn't notice him a lot. Um, I don't think that it was like. I don't know. I would have to. I would have to look up the numbers to see if the eyes were just lying to me. But I didn't. I didn't think of him as problematic tonight. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah. Grubauer definitely starts on Tuesday. Grubauer will this, start every game until the back-to-back next weekend. Yeah this this week will be when we have to answer that, uh, when we have to find an answer for that question. Yep. Um, Brandon Zod would have had an assist tonight had it not been for the goaltender interference. That True. Negated the goal. Yeah, Connor Timmons got chewed up and uh, uh, shot, shot actual shot attempts. He got he got chewed up. Actual shots on goal, it was 4-2. to two. Wait, is Heckle's name Dan? I don't actually know. Can someone from the BR crew let me know? The only reason I can think of that you're telling me you're not the walrus. Man, that's a deep cut. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's debatable. I mean, look, the conversation uh, the AJ and I were having, actually, like, during the, the break, uh, the intermission of this game, the Avs are kind of building a four horsemen on the back end right now. Mm-hmm. Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard. Bowen Byron, maybe not quite there yet, but coming. And then Devon Taves. He's there. He's not fully formed, but neither is Kale McCarr. <laughs> Which is terrifying to think about. Yeah. So. Yo, I think uh, I think it's Evan time. Evan time? All yeah. right. I can't. We're the – Evan, let's, let's bring in here. We're the – yeah, <laughs> were the players falling asleep in the interviews? <laughs> like, no. Uh, no, they weren't. I mean, they just played a hockey game, so I would hope not. <laughs> that would be very problematic. Uh, what? Uh, was there... Uh, I, I can't even explain. I have no idea what the player said after an 11-hour hockey experience, because it wasn't really just a game. Uh, well, Miko said it was the weirdest hockey day of his life. Um, I believe it. I mean, they, they didn't specifically say it, but I would imagine they just treated the first period as like a morning skate you know i i guess a high-paced morning skate and then they landy said he was able to take a nap these guys went back to the hotel and they kind of just came back to the rink you know it was just i guess you know it was it started a little weird they were ready to go they were ready to play but you know the league you know i think landy said it was a pretty you know gutsy move by the league to delay it because this is an international event he talked about how he has family that was staying up late to watch this game back in Sweden. So to delay it, to just get the ice right is, you know, I, I think the NHL does deserve a lot of credit because I, I still think it was a great event. You know, it's just unfortunate what happened this afternoon. Yeah. I think it ended up being um, maybe even better than it would have been 
just in terms of the visual, the quality of play, everything. I mean, dude, it was awesome. It, was it ended up it ended up so cool. A great game in the last two periods, too. It was I'm legitimately home. excited to watch tomorrow's game now. Uh Philly and Boston. I'm I'm actually excited for it. If it's anything like it was tonight, they have an opportunity to have an, just a great game. Yeah. I'd, they should they should delay that thing to like eight PM. Any uh any talk from Bednar bucking the trend and, and getting a first outdoor win, or was that uh <laughs> someone mentioned breaking the curse. I think it was Landy, which, you know, it's like two games. I don't know if you can call it really a curse, but you know, McKinnon, they didn't mention it. McKinnon said it in his post game on ice interview too. Yeah. Well, did you see McKinnon with the microphone guy? Like he must have got the microphone too close to him. He like gave him the dirtiest look ever. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but Bender, the one thing Bender said is last t- last year he was he didn't really take in the experience. So he, you know, this is kind of crazy. He said it was for the best that the fans were not there. It kind of made the experience way cooler just to be able to like take it all in. Which, yeah. you know. I, I'd be cool with one, one of these a year with no fans. I, I yeah. know can, no one. can we talk about how glorious having no piped-in fan noise was and just the game sound? It was just beautiful. <laughs> I think every single hockey purist out there was like, yep, this is it. This is my kink. <laughs> yep, this is it. Sign me on OnlyFans listening to yep. hockey sounds. Next time, next time I'm next time I'm single and in the dating pool, uh, and a girl wants to know what I'm into. This is it. I'm just gonna send him this game. <laughs> all right, all right, babe. Why did you set up a hockey rink in the bedroom? <laughs> It'll be like that commercial, right? Uh, the one where uh, I think it was a Discover card commercial, and and like the fr- the the commercial starts out with like the the woman in the French maid outfit, and she's lighting the candles in the bedroom. And it's a really like romantic scene, and then the dude comes busting through the door wearing Philadelphia Flyers goalie gear, and he starts stretching, and she's looking at him like, "What in the world?" And he goes, "What? You said fantasy? That's exactly it. They already made this commercial." Yep, true. I, yeah, the no fans was great when when Carrier went into his own bench. You could hear the entire ass bench just giving him giving it to him. It was great. Oh, when the uh, when they put the puck over the uh, over the glass, when McCarr put the puck over the glass for the five on three, and the Vegas in unison going, "Hey, <laughs> Richard, Amazing. welcome to hockey." Uh, a, a very interesting way to enter the sport if this was your first game, but yeah. <laughs> also, stay safe, buddy. Yeah, definitely. It's tough times for a lot of peeps down there. So vibes up to everybody okay. in Texas for sure. Yeah. Uh, BS, a lot of people have asked. I appreciate you guys reaching out. My family is good. My family is allowed to be in a protective bubble from the universe's bullshit for the next 20 years after everything they've been through. So <laughs> this was a nice start. But I do appreciate all the people who reached out. It meant a lot to me. All right. I'm pretty sure at this point I owe someone a beer chug. So I'm going to leave you <laughs> to to talk about who was the Avs' best defenseman in this game because it could legitimately go to like... <laughs> Any of Gerard McCarr or Taves, you know, uh, I thought Gerard struggled in the second half, which, I mean, to me makes sense. He hasn't been doing anything for the last ten days or whatever. Yeah, and he, he and probably didn't know he's playing until like this morning. So, did you see his? Uh, did you happen to see his numbers? I did not. No. <laughs> Are they good? They're fantastic. Yeah. 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 I. I mean it. it they definitely focused on being physical with him in the second half of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Byram, you could tell those two guys they were, they were going at, but I mean, it's hard to not say Devon Taves after that performance. He's just, he's just been so solid and just steady throughout and he's doing it in all situations too. So, yeah, I think the play that I really, there was, there was one sequence uh, tonight that I thought really exemplified what Devon Taves brings you. And Mark Stone was so pissed. Uh, he kept trying. He kept trying to get the puck past center ice. So he, he clears it out of the zone once, uh, or he clears it to the blue line, and Taves just slaps it back in. And then they work their breakout, and he gets it. He gets it back up to center ice, and Taves just slaps it back in. Mm-hmm. No energy expended. 
And he just kept, he was just like, nope, you guys go and have, you guys have to go change now. I'll be here waiting for the next guys to come on. Uh, just so cool and calm. He just, the poise that he plays with. It's crazy because we talk about Bowen Byram. He plays with unusual poise for a 19-year-old. Uh, Kale McCarr, again, somebody that's as young as he is. The calm, the calm, the calmness and and the poise that all four of those guys can bring to the table. It's really, it's not something you see a lot of. And for them to have that as a really common trait throughout their defense, it's it's excellent. Uh, and their ability to frustrate other teams by making simple plays as a unit, like it's the biggest reason why I say they have the best defense in the league. Mm-hmm. Because you have to you have to work really hard to make my life miserable for those guys. And how many teams can you say that about? How many teams have good enough defenders that the other team gets frustrated because they just can't do anything against them? Yeah, and I, I wish they had EJ right now. <laughs> After the Tate's goal, that's how I reacted. It was love- just like when they traded for him. I was like, this guy is so good. Whatever. Yeah. I love that they cut him, and he had a nice little look on his face after the goal, too. So, but yeah, I mean, I if they had EJ right now, this defense would be set up so perfectly. Like he would just round it out so well on that third pair. But yeah, so far things are great. Uh, you know, I, I thought Byram struggled in the second half of the game, uh, which yeah. I thought he was awesome in the first period. Like he had a, he had a play where they were coming down on him, and he just hit. I think he's threaded a puck through three different guys to get a breakout going, but you know, he struggled in the second half of the game. This is, this would not have been an easy game to play in just the way that it's broken up like that. So to see the guys that kind of separated themselves in that second half is, you know, it it is a testament to them because this could not have been easy. It's definitely, I I think the biggest difference between the two sections of this game for Byron first period, we saw him take a guy into the boards hard. The physicality, the NHL caliber physicality was there in period one. Mm-hmm. And then periods two and three, it was not. It disappeared, and he was not strong on pucks. He was not strong on his skates. And all of a sudden, uh, I think you pointed it out, AJ, that one shift between Byram and Gerard where they just got mm-hmm. worked off the puck, basically. Yeah, and it, for the record, that was also um, that was also a four-on-four, four, so the forward support was pretty limited. Yeah. Um, and that just changes how it is, but... When they're going to sell out on the forecheck that aggressively in a four-on-four, normally uh, if G's legs are 100%, that guy just jukes somebody out of their jock and creates an odd man rush the other way. And because he wasn't 100% tonight, it you know it um, it, it allowed them the opportunity to, to get on top of him a, a little bit like that. And then Byram's struggles uh, were also evident in that just in that particular shift. It was. You know that's it's okay. Like those are the you work those, through those, those are the things sure. that, yeah. yeah. Like and and like that's a credit to to what Vegas did. They 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 got on top of those guys and they they forced mistakes. That's a that's a forechecking and and Vegas won that round. Nothing came out of it, so the Abs lived to fight another day. And then they smoked those fools. <sighs> what do you guys think it would take for us to get an OnlyFans sponsorship? A lot more than this. Well, I, I have this clip. Oh, you can't see it because of our other logo. Oh, well. <laughs> Watch it again, just because. Dude. <laughs> just insane. Dude's an absolute monster. The ability. I don't even know what to say. We can take our second period break there and let you guys know about DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course. What else would we have? DraftKings Sportsbook still giving you the opportunity this weekend to turn a dollar into a hundred when you sign up with new code DNVR. Bet on any of the college basketball going on tomorrow. If they hit one three in the game, you get a hundred bucks. That easy, that simple, straightforward. Go out there, earn yourself some money. I know a bunch of people made good money money betting on Nathan McKinnon to score a goal tonight. You saw it. It was pretty. It was nice. You know, why not cash in on it as well while you're getting there? You can also bet on any sport under the sun basketball, football, baseball, hockey, esports, table tennis. I don't even know half the sport. You could bet on hot dog eating, whatever you want. You can bet on it at draft. Yo, big fan of the Korean female midget mud wrestling. 
<laughs> you might be thinking of OnlyFans there, AJ. But <laughs> head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, again, use that DNVR code to let them know we sent you for a new account only to get that win $100 for one no-brainer bet. Again, any basketball game coming up this week weekend so that means tomorrow must be 21 or older colorado only new customers are only restrictions apply winnings paid out in four twenty-five dollar free bets see draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right i want to take a look at a little, little bit at the bigger picture in this third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast avs get the win tonight they're now two points behind vegas as as points <laughs> uh, if they win at home in their next game, these teams pulled it even with the Avs having a game in hand. So is there any doubt that the Avs are competing for the top of the West and perhaps the top of the whole league? And two, how much better is this team fully healthy? Because this was game one back for Landis Gog, Gerard. Sort of Makar and Jost. Dude, how how good was the fourth line tonight? I thought they were awesome. Yeah, Calvert back as well. So yeah, the game winning goal. Look at the look at the shift immediately preceding it that led to the offensive zone faceoff. Fourth line. Yep. They create no no bones against uh, Logan O'Connor and Kiefer Sherwood and even Jason Magna. Those guys. I think those guys should be proud of the work that they did when they got into the lineup. But you can see the difference. Pretty clearly. You just can't. You, you put Nachushkin with guys that he kind of fits with because you're not expecting much more than just grinded out hockey from him. Mm-hmm. And you're, you don't really expect offense. And, you know, I, I did see their possession numbers were out of control. Good. Um, Expected goal four percentage tonight from Val Nachushkin, 87. That's pretty good. Yeah, they had a they had an awesome shift, especially at the end of the game where they just killed basically a minute of time just to calm things down after that Alex Tuck goal. So, yeah, this team is deep. Lannis Cog should be back on that top line the next game, I would think. So, you know, that just changes the look of the entire team, and then you just – Dropped two defensemen in the lineup. They they dominated that first period. You know, it's no wonder Vegas was. I'm guessing Vegas was just like, yeah, let's 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 delay this game. We need a little yeah. break here. Mark Storm was like, please delay, please delay, please delay. <sighs> They're kicking the shit out of us, dude. <laughs> yeah. Also, damn, dude, Mark Stone carved his name into Miko Rantanen's chin. Yeah, that, that thing was, was like gnarly. Gash. Thing was rough. Cool, cool move by him to check on Miko, too. For sure. You like to see that kind of respect, especially because these two teams did not shake hands after the game. They were not happy with each yeah. other in this hockey game. They they kicked they kicked that tradition to the curb where they were like, we see these assholes again in two days. <laughs> <laughs> did they do that? I mean, I figured that was just COVID-related. I didn't think – I mean – I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess they could always like fist bump or whatever. But I mean, they're outdoors, right? That's the magical elixir. So, guess so. And I guess you did just spend half the half the day just hitting each other. So it's you know whatever. But yeah, yeah, this team healthy, really good. You know, the third, I th- they still got to figure out that third line. But everything else, you know, looks really good. And really, like you compare compare that problem to like if, from a Vegas perspective, let's look at, we don't normally do this, but let's look at this from a Vegas perspective tonight. Okay. Like your best, your best players, Mark Stone, Max, Max Pacioretty. Great. Really, really, really good in the possession metrics, shot share, all those things, right? Like they did their job. They were really good. Chandler Stevenson on the right side of all that stuff. Right. Alex Petrangelo, Alec Martinez, not. You know, Alec Martinez got the goal, so you kind of live with it a little bit. But otherwise, like Alex Martin, Alec Martinez kind of got caved in a little bit. Well, Jerry, it was a dumpster fire as far as possession goes. 
Yeah, well, I mean that fourth line. Yeah, their exactly. Ass That's what I'm saying. And and they are they're a team that uses. I mean, how many times do we have to watch a playoff game with Vegas? And it's and it's like like their star tracker or whatever is Mark Stone and then Ryan Reeves because he gets on the ice, he waits for somebody to turn around, he knocks them down, cackles about it, skates away, makes somebody upset, <laughs> and like the announcers go bonkers about it about how it changes the game and all this all this nonsense and like that line got caved in yep it was it not didn't do anything. And, and if it were not for the elbow to landis Gog's head going uncalled that their first goal doesn't happen like they, they the abs are back to the power play so you know i thought it was i thought it was really interesting because from a from a vegas perspective you look at their lineup like Oh, Nazem Kadri was bad. Oh, if you go through the Vegas lineup, like they're outside of their tip-top guys at the very, very top, they weren't very good. Yep. That's. Well, what did we talk about the other day? That they don't have a guy that can match up with Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. yeah. And who made the difference tonight? Who <laughs> we had Nathan all McKinnon. Three goals. Avs had Nathan McKinnon. They have right. Chandler Stevenson. And where and like to be honest with you, great possession metrics, but where you at, Mark Stone? Yep, not putting up. When you got to put out, you got to put out. Uh, the Avs. I think there's a real conversation, and you know, a lot will depend on the results tomorrow night on how the the fan base at large feels about things, but. If you look at certainly underlying numbers and how this team matched up first when injured and now when healthy in an outdoor game, it sure does feel like Vegas is the team chasing when it comes down to to team skill as a whole. The Avs yeah. feel like the better team. Yeah, I think so. I I don't even think Vegas tries to really fight that either. They know how they have to play to win games. And it's not going to be through pure skill, whereas the Avs can, you know, they're showing that they can kind of win some different ways. So, yeah, I mean, pure skill, I don't even think it's really all that close, if I'm being honest. And and beyond that, this game isn't close, if not for Marc-Andre Fleury, either, who, at least, at very least in the first period, played out of his mind to keep that a one nothing game. Yeah. So... I don't know how you don't feel great about this matchup. If you're the Avs. Well, and you've got to be getting, like, we talked about this, about how when they when they split 1-1 in Vegas with the compromised lineup, that was a huge win for them. Especially when the, the game that they lost was their first game in 12 days, and they lost one nothing. Yep. Like, hung right with them. We're arguably the better team for at least one and a half of those periods. Yeah. So it's you like if you're if you're like if we were to go and listen to the sin bin and 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 listen to how they were analyzing this from the Vegas side, I think there's a lot more panic in them than there is in us for sure about this matchup right now. Like I, I just feel like you have to be a little more concerned if you're looking at this from a Vegas because their problems are not ones that hey go play better is going to solve. They need Cody Glass to step up. They need William Carlson to step up. They've got to. They've got to get Chandler. Like Chandler Stevenson is getting, you know, he's surviving in a, on an in between two phenomenal wings, but like, guy's out of place. Yeah, if you're trying to go punch per punch with the Avalanche, Chandler Stevenson not going to get you there. You know, so they need to rely on Alec Martinez and Alex Petrangelo. And when those guys are going best on best and losing their matchup head-to-head against Colorado's best, you have a problem. You just, you have a matchup problem. And what Vegas is able to do, to, especially out West, with so many mediocre-to-bad teams, is they will just wear teams down. They will play the right way. They won't make a ton of mistakes. Just And they'll get quality goaltending. And they'll get good goaltending, and they'll play good defensive hockey, and they'll be aggressive on a four-check. And they'll play opportunistic hockey. It's exactly what Mark Stone does so well. He's one of the best two-way players in the NHL. 
arguably a top 10, 15-ish player in the league. The guy's amazing. But when he's not picking someone's pocket and creating in a chaotic transition situation like that, he's not doing much. You know, the guy the guy is still great. Great, great shot share numbers tonight. All of it looks great, but there was no there's no finish there. And if you look at the if you look at the games, Max Pacioretty's the guy that's beaten Grubauer in this series. Yep. He's got so, the two goals. I'm I felt good about this series coming in. I felt like Colorado matched up better against Vegas than they did certainly against St. Louis. But now coming out of this and seeing them at 100%, I'm excited to see Monday night because it'll be a hundred, pretty much 100% lineup against 100% lineup in a normal atmosphere. Drop the puck in a regular No, no, no. This team is coming off of, you know, they they were fatigued. They had a back-to-back last week. The Avs hadn't played in 12 days. Game two, the Avs don't have all their lineup. Game three, they play one period, take an eight-and-a-half-hour break, and then play two more periods. Like there's been a there's been a really weird three game set to try and take anything from, but if the abs like the abs can do no worse than a split with Vegas right now, which had we had we been offered that coming into this, we would have taken. Of course, we would have said sure. The abs can the abs will take a split with Vegas, no problem. But now they can they can tie things up in the division with game in games in hand. And have a three-one head-to-head advantage with only four games remaining in the season series, and the and they will have four opportunities to guarantee at least a split in the season series if they win on Monday night. Like Monday's a big game. This is the biggest series. This is the biggest head-to-head matchup of the year for the Avs. And right now, you have to feel great about it. Evan, you got anything to say before you fall asleep down there? <laughs> <laughs> nope, don't have much more to say other than the Avs held home ice advantage tonight, I guess. Whatever that means. Weird home <laughs> ice game. They won their home game, yeah. Uh, I could drink to that. A little bit of an avalanche amber ale here. I suppose drink. <sighs> took, a, took a little bit of a big gulp there for the, the non-YouTube viewers, which if you're not watching on YouTube, come watch us on YouTube. <laughs> AJ took a nice gulp there too, getting saucy. Uh, it's almost 1 a.m., so <laughs> we're going to wrap this show up. Um, abs look great. Abs feel great. Outdoor curse broken, if you believe in that type of thing. Yeah, they won an outdoor game. Can we not see them participate one anymore? Yeah. The, they're <laughs> I think I, I tweeted it. You had fake snow gate. You had parking lot yeah. gate. And now you have sun gate, ice yeah. gate. Abs and uh, abs and outdoor games just don't mix. So, the retro, the reverse retro did look beautiful. That is yeah. fair, but the the presentation at night amazing, and I would love to see them. I know the owners wouldn't want to do it, but I would love to see them do this every year. Lake Tahoe can even be the location. Just do it at night. Lesson learned. You just do this at night. In a great location, you can have a, a couple of days worth of awesome festivities leading up to it. You know, it was it was such a cool presentation once they got rolling. You could see the game, it was crisp, it was no longer the cameraman's first day. <laughs> it was it was a really good quality broadcast and presentation. I I loved it. I I loved it. Yeah, well, Michael, we all have work to do after this, so we ain't going to bed anytime soon, <laughs> yeah. my guy. Yeah. I know it's only it's only one AM here, but we all have you have a video to record, I have an article to write, and Evan has grades to write. So we're just getting we're we're only at like halftime right now. Yeah. So I would do a Canada outdoor game too. They wanted to do it in Lake Louise, uh in Alberta. That would be awesome too. I have at it. Good luck keeping the players warm, but I have at it. I mean I all kinds of different things that they could do. Uh, when they removed the fan element, the broadcast got a lot better because yep. they didn't have to worry about camera bays and all that stuff. Would be would be awesome. I would I would love to see them commit to something like this more often instead of the like the outdoor games are cool for people to go to, but the sight lines suck. The experience is kind of chaotic, and it's like, eh. yeah, the. The camera angles tonight were awesome. 
Like yeah. you could actually see what was happening. It was great. Easily the best, yeah. obviously, with no fans there. Oh, um, sounds. Yeah, and uh, I just got to talk about Nathan McKinnon. Is the only guy in the world who could blame Joe Sakic for screwing up his swing in the first period intermission. <laughs> you talking during my swing? It's like the okay. total shank he put out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he just threw his. <laughs> We've seen him throw his stick oh, before, so yeah. that was nothing to me. Yeah, we were <laughs> we were at the bar, and when he chunked it and then tossed his his club, I was like, "That's the Nathan McKinnon I'm pretty familiar like, with." Like even then, like they showed the conditions, and there's snow all over. There's a puddle on the on the green, and the wind's blowing like 20 miles an hour. <laughs> and they're like, "Okay, Nate, go hit this hole in one." But thank you. Vaguely sober. Thank you for all the rest of the super chats. There were a lot of you tonight. Appreciate all of y'all hanging out with us in the chat. We are live five days a week, Monday to through Friday, and then post game after every abs game. So, uh, yeah, hopefully the next one isn't at one in the morning where we're <laughs> wrapping up. But I'm so glad that they did this tonight so that there was no excuse for practice tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> they taking it off. For sure. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for us. Thank you, everyone watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. Head on over to thednvr.com. All of our post-game coverage will be over there when it goes up. And that's all I got. I guess we'll talk to you guys Monday night after that Vegas Avs game. Until then, have a good one. <laughs>